tying run at second. And a 2-2 pitch. Swinging a ground ball out to second. Simeon's got it. Steps the throw to first. And it's a low throw. And Vladdy can't handle it. The runner comes around third and scores. We are tied at two. Willie Castro scores. Running on contact. Never broke stride. Coming around third. That's exactly why you never take plays off. All right, Barker, who stole the magic? Did Charlie steal the magic? Nope. George Springer steal the magic? Yep. Vladdy Jr.? Yep. Adam Simber? No. Marcus Semyon, he steal the magic. No. Who stole the magic? I went away in holidays. I went away in holidays. And the Jays are 61 of 51. Beat LA 10-2. I come back. Mm-hmm. They're 64 and 58. They can't beat the Tigers. Right. They lose a game. They should have won when Marcus Semyon throws the ball away. Oh, yeah. That's the story. What's happened here? The bullpen stinks badly, worse than usual. Jordan Urbana's pretty good, though. Yeah. When he pitches. Uh, they can't hit with runners in scoring position. Oh, one for 30? Is that what it was? It's pretty bad. Holy moly. Mark, let me give you a stat. Let me give you a stat. This is how hard it is to be seven games over 500, which the Jays are, and have the type of extra inning record they have. They're two and nine in extra innings. That is the second lowest win percentage in baseball history for a team with a record above 500. You've got to go back to the 1933 New York Yankees. They were one and nine. Big difference. Those Yankees were 91 and 59 huh. at the end of the year. Um, what's going on here? Uh, well, George, George Springer's hurt again. Vladdy and Bo have uh, six RBIs apiece in, in August. Bullpen's not real good, except Jordan Romano can't get a timely hit. When, you, when all of those things add up together, you're five games out of second wild card. I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out, you know, things that, that, aren't going right. The starting pitching has been really, really good, if not excellent. But whenever Charlie hands the ball to whoever he's handing the ball to, most of the time here in August, it hasn't been real good. But again, it's not all their fault. When when your best guys aren't being your best guys, and that's Bo and Vladdy and George Springer's not in the lineup because he's hurt again. When when those things are taking place, you know, Marcus Simeon is average-wise taking a little bit of a step back in August, but he's still hitting some home runs. He's, you know, he's playing Real good defense. I mean, I know the throw. It He choked the throw off. If, if Vladdy's in an athletic position at first base, he stretches for that ball. He catches it in the air. I wanted I mean, to ask you that. I wanted yeah, to ask you that because yeah. everybody is Marcus. And look, yeah. it's a routine play. It it's got to be made, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, but did Vladdy kind of. Yeah, you got, well, you, you know, whenever, whenever you run over to first base, you stand straight up and down. Your eyes are that far away from the ground. Occasionally when a ball's in the dirt, you let the ball play you. And that's exactly what happened at first base. I, I'm not saying that it's not half Marcus Simeon's fault. You're a big leaguer. Mm-hmm. You should be able to throw that 1,000 times out of 1,000 times in the chest, no matter what the situation is. But occasionally, when that doesn't happen, you need your first baseman to be a little bit more in an athletic position, stretch out, catch the ball in the air. The game's over. But when things are not going right, you know as well as anybody, you've watched enough baseball games to know that when things aren't going right, tend to go real not right. And guys tend to do things that they normally don't do. And, it's gut check time. I'll tell you right now, this is when you when you have to this you can't throw this off on the bottom of your lineup, guys in the bullpen who probably shouldn't be throwing, who probably not big leaguers. This is the guys that are have gotten you here, which is the meat of the order, 
have to, you know, if, if I don't really believe in meetings, but this is one of those times where, how about just getting a good pitch to hit? Let's try not do too much and go up and do the things that you do well. If you get a good pitch to hit because, you know, bat speed and hand-eye coordination, the ball go where it's supposed to go. But until that happens, and it doesn't get any easier the next four games either. The uh, Jays are 64 and 58. Now I'm going to talk about where they are in the East standings because that's over. Uh, they're 64 and 58 right now. Well, it is over. They're not going to catch the East. 11 and a half. Yeah. It's God. The Yankees right now uh, are two up in the wild card spot. Boston just won today. They're in the second spot. They are now, uh, I believe, five, five and a half, five up on the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays also have Seattle and Oakland between them and the second wild card spot. There could be four teams out of the East make the playoffs this year. Um, if the Jays huh? can somehow sneak in there. You said four teams? Well, Tampa's in, Yankees in, Boston's right now in the second wild card. Okay. And I'm saying if the Jays get in there, that's, yeah. that's four. George Springer needs to hurry up. Well, uh, the Jays have been helped a little bit. They're three and seven in their last 10. Boston's five and five. Oakland's three and seven. Seattle's seven and three. And I better forget about the Yankees are nine and one. Yeah, and <laughs> here's, here's the thing. Two weeks ago... We're all saying, can you imagine Aaron Boone being fired? Yeah. Now we're saying Aaron Boone's going to get votes for manager of the year. Will he? He will. He'll get some. Uh, He'll get some. Uh, the Jays, 5-3 losers to Detroit. They will welcome the Chicago White Sox yeah, for Lance four Lynn. games. Lance Lynn against Alec Manoa tonight. <laughs> Strap it on, boys. White Sox. Yeah. Now, I, I know what you said. You're saying. I'm the, still saying it. You're saying it's I'm one thing to dominate, it. crush teams in the Central. It's another thing to handle teams in the East. Pretty good team. Pretty good team the Jays are facing. Uh, Bark mentioned George Springer. He apparently did take batting practice today. Although um, we're waiting uh, waiting to hear more information on that. Charlie Montoya uh, yesterday at least said he wasn't going to. Uh, he, was, he was just yeah, going to let them, let them hit in the cage. Well, he's supposed to come off Wednesday, right? And then it sounds like he needs a couple more days. Yeah. I, go to Home Depot, get your little duct tape, wrap that thing up, and get out there and DH. I, that's, we got ice. Yeah, they, they need him. Like you, you, you can we see, you can see that Vladdy's is, is seeing three O swings on balls that aren't even close to the strike zone. You see Bo going up 0-0 in in extra innings with a runner on second that swings at a at a at a spinning breaking ball from a guy that's got an ERA close to seven. Like they're mm, just they're trying too hard. This is why you give a guy like George Springer a bunch of money. They need him, and they need him in a hurry. So hopefully he's back Wednesday and not Thursday. I got to ask you this, that because this team, I, I, I failed to believe that this team is as bad offensively as they were in that Tiger series. My God, what were they? One for 31 with runners in scoring position. They're six for their last 68 or something like that. I mean, honest to God, once you get over 50, I stop counting. But I think they're like six for their last 68 or six for their last 69. Mark, these are not bad players. Now, I'm going to throw a couple of things out there because I talked about before I left in my holiday. By the way, my holiday was yeah. great. You have a nice tan, too. Way yeah. to go. Did some running. Did some just Really? Still on running your holiday? on holidays. I Come on. You did not. Raise your right hand and I, say I, I, did. I did some running, man. <laughs> you did not. I came back refreshed because I knew that I'd be uh, coming back to the middle of a pennant race, and I was all Well, you're still in that. You're still Somebody that. stole the magic. No, they didn't. You still haven't told me who stole the magic. Well, you think George Springer stole the no, magic. No, I said three guys. Springer. I said, I, I said Bo and Vladdy have, right. have six RBIs each in, in August, and George Springer's hurt again. All right. 
as I said, these guys are not bad players. These guys are not bad hitters. I thought that maybe when the Jays went in that West Coast trip, I said, you know, this is, hey, last year was great. You know, it was fun. They made the playoffs. It was above expectations, all that good stuff. This is 162 games. And you find out a lot about guys in 162 games. And I, I got to tell you, I'm not watching that game yesterday. Like, I just, and I know you're going to roll your eyes. I can see, you know what I'm going to say, and you're already rolling your eyes. I just see guys that are just mentally shot. In Vladdy's case, he's just, he's just tired. He's mentally tired. He's, you said it. I mean, we were exchanging texts. Don't be afraid to get, you know, get your pitch. I mean, some of the pitches he's, he's struck out on, yeah, now let's 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 yeah. let's pump the brakes a little bit on the Vladdy thing. He's hitting three hundred nine with thirty six and eighty nine RBIs, like like at an OPS of over a thousand. Let's right. let's. But he is not. Again, but you can tell. But but you can but tell. He has not been good in August. Yeah, yeah you can he's tell. Not been a, good a, lot in of, August. a lot of the time since George Springer's been back, and now that he's on the IL. But when he was back, you could tell Vladdy was expanding, trying too hard, trying to be like George, trying to be better than George. And now that George is not there, Vladdy knows. If Vladdy's not Vladdy, uh, the Vladdy that was so hang on, two hang and a half on. months ago. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. So, so you're saying that he's trying too hard? That's you're exactly saying what I'm that saying. when George Springer was in the lineup. That he's trying to be like George or better than George? Yeah, yeah. he's 22 years old. I would, well, I would well, be doing so, the same thing. Trying too hard, over-swinging, expanding my strike zone. Yeah, Every, everybody has to go through little aches what? and pains of, you know, when I run first to third and all of a sudden so I got to Should they not assign? Should they not assign George Springer? I'm not saying, I'm so, not so, saying so that. So didn't – come on, Bart. You're, you're telling me that the at-bats don't look different? You just said it. You just said that he expanded yeah, but I don't on, think on three that's be- pitches. And- I, don't, I don't think that's because he's trying to outspringer George Springer. I think there's a little bit of that. Oh, I think it's a combination wow. of a bunch of things. Uh, well, I mean, you you're, you play it. I mean, I'm gonna. Well, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Hey, I'm serious. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deny it. Well, then. we were talking triple crown, and then the the, the at bats, and and you know, there's some mechanical things that you can see, right? The hands are coming with the front foot, and. And that that's why you see you see Vladdy a lot doing the little windmill thing where it looks like right his his back elbows dropping the the barrels dipping below you can see it after he takes a swing he'll make that little move well that that will okay. tell you a little bit that his hands is leaking with his front side all, all that aside things. all that aside why is it especially bad when there are runners in scoring position and this is the thing I this is the thing I want to I I I want to get at. Because, you know, Charlie made a point yesterday in his postgame. They say good hitting is contagious, bad hitting is contagious. Do you see, I don't buy that. I don't either. I don't buy that bad hitting is contagious. I, I, I just don't because it's still an individual game. It is. Guys need to put up their numbers to get paid. Guarantee you that Bo doesn't go up there and go, man, oh, man, God. Man, Reese McGuire scuffling. I got a scuffle. I, yeah, yeah. I don't believe I, it. I do. For, I do think. But if we, if we know that they're one for thirty with runners in scoring position, you know, Bo knows that. You know, Vladdy knows that. You know, Marcus Simeon knows that. You know, Teoscar Hernandez knows that. You know, Randall Grichik knows that. Everybody that's walking to the plate, Lourdes Gurriel. You see when he got the hit in the, in the whatever the eighth or ninth inning that was, and how everybody was jumping up and down and like they'd won the lottery. Everybody knows when you know you walk to the plate, you try to do things outside the norm. And you can see that. And then you add on top of it, uh, uh, they're fighting for a playoff race and you're young and you're expected to carry your team. Like you got Bo Vladdy are expected to carry the team, not have decent years. All right. Carry your team. And now George's not in the lineup, which makes it even worse. All right. Uh, let's, let's kind of rewind a little bit. I'm not going to ask you to walk me through the last 10 games because the fact of that, the matter is I saw most of them. So, um, While you were running? <laughs> 
See, why? I just find it. I find it hard to believe it's people on their vacation. That's, I'm just up, I'm, I'm up a... at a cottage. I am up at a cottage. I'm relaxing. With water. I'm doing all sorts of stuff. Right. I went around it too. Yeah. Okay. I got. I mean, I got to work to keep this. That's true. Keep this weight that's off. That's a great. That's Jesus, a great man. Point. I apologize for that. That's a great point. You know. Yeah. I'm at that age where stuff sags and shrinks yeah. and. Um. So th- these ten games, whatever it is, a three seven, whatever the record is. Again, I. I what concerns you? Three points that really concern you. One, it's got to be the runners in scoring position, correct? I, not for me. Okay. I, I think, That's what I, I think, Well, yeah, Tell I, me your obviously concerns. Obviously, one for, one for 30 will it'll make you scratch your head, and they need to be better. Like, that's a, that's a dumb remark to even go, oh, well, you're not worried about that. Sure you are. But, but that it, happens but over the course of a year, too. Not really. That, oh. That's pretty – that's extreme. Okay. George Springer needs to hurry up and get back first and foremost. Now, whether that's Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, he needs to hurry. If they need to push it a little bit to DH him as long as he needs to DH, I'm – I'm for that. If you don't need to run hard on a ground ball to second base, don't run hard. You can you can pull off and don't even make it to first base, but they need you in a lineup leading off. Bo and Vladdy need to be a little bit better. Like, I, they need to get a better, better pitch to hit. You saw Bo yesterday when he got the three hits. All mm-hmm. of that should tell him something walking away. If I just get my pitch, they can't get me out. I get myself out most of the time. It's not like they're making quality pitch after quality pitch. No, I have a little hole in. I have a little hole up and in, and I have a big hole down and away with two strikes. Well, try not to swing at one or two of those and get you a halfway decent pitch to hit. And if they do those kind of things, the one for 30 will take care of it, itself because those two guys, Vladdy and Bo, and Marcus Simeon is going to do what Marcus Simeon does. He's going to look heater down the middle, and he's going to try and do it to the pull side. That's and drive down and through it. That's what he does. And Teoscar looks like he's starting to think more right center, backspinning balls, can lay off some things, get a good pitch to hit. He's probably going to do his thing. But that's why I said the one for 30 will take care of itself hmm. if Bo and Vladdy start take care of their, themselves. As always, 590-590 is the text line. It is Baseball Central, Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker. We are here from 5 to 7 Eastern. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Till the ren- uh, till, 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 well, till the end of the baseball season. Till the, till the end of the Jays season, I guess. Oh, so what day do you think that'll be, Jeff? I, I don't know. Um, I don't know when the, the, the honestly, the final day of the season is. Ah. I, I, I do know that I am no longer. I am. I'm feeling very good in my 83, oh, 86. No, that's not what you said. <laughs> that's I went back a little You're bit. Dead, I'm right? still feeling pretty my, good. My, feeling my 90 and 72s. Well, yeah. <laughs> Your 90 and 72 is. I put myself out there, didn't I? I had faith in him. According to the uh, fan graphs. Yeah. No, not fan graphs. Well, baseball they're reference. Wrong. They're never wrong. The Jays now have an 18.7% well, chance of making the postseason. You're saying they got I a do shot. Believe a, yeah, they got a shot. Like, I <laughs> got a shot. Yeah, I got a shot, too. Uh, they're 18, they have an 18.7% chance Here, of, of making the postseason. You're, you're, so you're telling me if George Springer would have been in a lineup the last three games, they would not have swept the White Sox or the or – the, Whoever they just played, I, I, I think they saw some good. I, well, no, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know, Bark. I mean, yeah, probably because the starting pitching was good enough, and you know the bullpen. Hey, starting pitching you know, was great. We, we ripping the bullpen. The bullpen kind of did its job yesterday. Got a ground ball to end the game, right? 
you know, that, what concerns me about the bullpen right now, well, a lot of things concern me about the bullpen. For, bullpen. First of all, you've got a closer, and I understand everybody likes Jordan Romano, but it's still kind of a miracle when he has consecutive, when he, when he is, is really sharp in consecutive days. Not a miracle, but it's not something you, you, you take to the bank. Um, and and you, obviously you can't use him for a two-inning save. So, yeah, he's, he, he, he's done well, but, you know, ask yourself this. Can he close on the team that's going to go to play, go to the playoffs or win a playoff series? I don't think so. So that aside, you know, Adam Simber, we all, we talked about probably the most reliable guy in the bullpen. Well, that's, you know, Adam Simber's it's a lot to ask him back to come in and highest yeah. leverage and continue well, yeah. to, to try and trick people. What do you always say? You need swing and miss you stuff. They, they have one guy in the bullpen with swing and miss stuff right now. Romano. Yeah. Maybe Mays. Romano, basically. So, um, Mesa's been great too. And Mesa has been. Mesa has been very good. Charlie Montoya, in his pregame availability today, was asked about George Springer, and uh, this is what he said. I, I don't want to speculate because it's day to day and see how it feels tomorrow because he's doing a lot of stuff today. You know, I don't know if he's going to be sore or how that's going to work, but it's a good sign. He's doing great, which is good. All right, he's doing great. It's good. So, he did some work today. Um, you know, well, we, well, if we heard maybe he should be back maybe. Wednesday. Yeah. I. No. I. They, they, they again. <laughs> they just they're putting a lot of pressure on a couple of young guys to carry their team down the stretch in huge moments. Where you guys watch the same game I watch. Did you see Vladdy having at bats that he has uh, two months ago that he's having now? Nope. Bo nope. exact same way. Nope. expanding, getting himself out cons- consistently over and over and over again. That's what I tell you. The, the really good hitters do something that the that the not-so-really-good hitters do. They don't consistently get themselves out. That's what mm-hmm. Bo and Vladdy do consistently. So they need to be better. We're going to be, be joined by Darren Jackson, White Sox analyst, in a few minutes. So we'll take a break right now and come back on the other side. We'll talk a little bit about Miguel Cabrera as well. i got to talk about Miguel Cabrera. 500 career homers. Pretty remarkable. Yeah, it's uh, it's unbelievable him being right-handed. But how about Stephen Matz throwing him a changeup? Well, <laughs> kidding me. Like we could talk about that. It's baseball central. One fly ball, right center, deep. Got a chance. Five hundred. Miguel Cabrera has done it. The high five to Santiago as he rounds third, and his teammates pour out of the dugout, and this crowd in Toronto on their feet. Yeah, the crowd in Toronto gave uh, Miguel Cabrera a really nice curtain call yesterday for his 500th career home run, that call courtesy of WXYT and the Tigers radio network. Um First of all, obviously, congratulations to Miguel Cabrera. And um, I was thinking about Miguel Cabrera a little bit today. Went back and dug some stuff out that was written about him when he was with the Marlins. There was some concern about how big he was. And, yeah. you know, was he going to battle weight issues? And he's at third base and he's got to move to DH. And, well, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe first base. I'm just saying he reminded me of, uh, of, a, certain, of a certain player. So, mm. Uh, well done to Miguel uh, Cabrera. Yep. Bark, though, we got to talk about the pitch. Now, 
Miguel Cabrera is cannot hit a fastball anymore. Well, well let can, me repeat, can, cannot cannot strong. He, 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 it's not it's not his his preferred pitch right now. A good fastball will beat Miguel Cabrera or has been beating Miguel Cabrera. Mm-hmm. Explain that pitch selection to me from Steven Matson and and Alejandro Kirk. Yeah, I have no idea. You, that, that's a that's something you'd have to go up to both of those and ask. I, if Kirk even put the finger down for a changeup, he uh, somebody should have called timeout, ran out there, and went, "Hey, are you watching the same game I'm watching?" Whoever, the, either that was Matts or that was Kirk. Are, are you well, seeing that Alejandro Kirk's not perfect? Well, because you know, every, every once in a while, you got to you got to watch the game and go the, the, the first two games. He didn't even have to be a good hater. Didn't even have to be a located hater. Just had to be a hater. Didn't even have to be uh, 95 plus. Just had to be somewhere around the ballpark of a strike, and you're probably going to get him out with some weak contact, or he's going to swing through that. So, yeah, that that would that would make you scratch your head a little bit. You know, it's it's the crunch time of the game, and you would hate to let a guy that has had trouble with one pitch as much as he has had against the fastball. You know, again, but 500. He's got 591 doubles, Jeff. <laughs> He's got mm-hmm. like almost 1,800 RBIs. Like to say, he's a, he's the second best right-handed hitter I've ever seen. I'll, I'll put it to you that way. Albert Pujols is for me. This is just me talking in a whole different category when it just comes to line to line and and doing the things that he did for about a 12-year span that nobody else mm-hmm. on planet Earth could do. And then there's everybody else, but Miguel Cabrera is right there. And when you start talking about Vladdy and, and Cabrera, and you you mentioned the weight thing, and and what's a lot of similar, it, it really criticisms. it really is right. And and that's, it, I mean, if Vladdy if it turns out to be this guy, are you kidding me? Yeah, uh, seven oh seven is the first pitch tonight. Lance Lynn, uh, he's a candidate for the American League Cy Young Award. Uh, a lot of folks think Robbie Ray is too as well. We'll talk about that later on. But Lance Lynn. Is ten and three with an ERA of two twenty six. Alec Manoa five and two, three thirty four. The Jays starting pitchers are on a very good, and I mean very good, run of form right now. Even Steven Matz yesterday, six innings of one run ball. Um, you know, Steve, I mean, we we kind of glant, just gloss over Steven Matz, but Bark Steven Matz in his last seven starts, three and three with an ERA of two twenty seven. And we've just talked about the, uh, the 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 Jays rotation has been. Yeah, it's been like it's been lights out. I mean, yeah. I, I Matt's for me is a solid number four or five. And and if you you know next year it won't cost you much to bring him back. You you would sh- certainly think that you're thinking about a lefty who can mm. throw as hard as he can, establish the ball in. You know he's got runs. For me, it's not a sinker. It's a ball that runs. You know it's 95, 96. He's got the big breaking ball. Throw a change up. He added the slider yesterday. If he adds a little bit more confidence, believe in yourself. If yeah. he can add that to the stuff that he has, well, you heard Dan. It's not going to cost you time, you, you heard Dan and Buck talking a lot yesterday about his body language on the mound, and you know Stephen Matz's things don't go well. He, he's not a, you know, he he will stare in at the he he leads the Jays in staring in at the umpire by a mile. I mean, I was trying to think the last time I uh, the Jays had a starting pitcher that did that as much. Uh, Marcus Stroman used to do it all the time. Uh, but but man, that, you know, that that I find that act that act wears a little thin after a while. To, well, you got to be good if you're going to do that. And yeah. he's been decent. He's he's made some adjustments. Yeah, but still, you're, you're he's you're a not, hard enough thrower. You're not going to get every pitch, every borderline pitch. It, it's just it's not going to happen in the majors. Anyhow, that's you know that's just something that hmm. I notice with pitchers. I, I say don't overthink it. A he's a four that. or five guy. Chicago White Sox, as we mentioned, are in town for the first of 
four games. They've led the uh, Central Division bark since May seventh. Some of <laughs> That's us. Not bad. <laughs> some of us aren't surprised. Some of us maybe. Huh. Uh, they lost two of three on this road trip to Tampa. Um, and uh, or, well, Tampa, Tampa, Tampa them over two games. But still, the White Sox, this is their best 125 game start since 2008 when they were 73 and 52. They are 72 and 53. They have a nine and a half game lead in the American League Central. It's uh, the smallest since, that's their smallest, they're scuffling since Here August. Comes Cleveland. It's also nine and a half. Um, and uh, Lance Lynn has allowed exactly one run over six innings in each of his last four starts. They are a team that some of us thought, some of us in this room huh. thought would win the American League. Uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's safe to say okay, that. I, I mean, it's safe you know, to say you, that you, I've been a little more in, 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 in the White Sox this. than right, you. Right now, today, they go to Yankee Stadium. They beat the Yankees. No, nope. yeah. they go. Really? Yeah. And they go to the Astros. They beat the Astros. Nope. Maybe. So there you go. Like yeah. uh, that that anyway. thing about the best team in the American League is. A bit strong. Now, they got a really good rotation. Yeah, they do. Let's bring in uh, White Sox analyst Darren Jackson. Darren, thanks so much for joining us today. Greatly, uh, greatly appreciate uh, your time. You know, I was running through the sort of how how the White Sox have dominated the Central this year. I mean, I don't don't think anybody's – the thing that surprises me about the Central, frankly, has been Minnesota and and their no-show. But, you know, if you'd said to me at the start of the year the the White Sox would be in first place for about four months or however many months, I'd go, (laughs) I can see that. They're they're a pretty good team. Have have they surprised you at all? Is there any aspect of this team that has surprised you? Um, Yeah, yeah, I I would say so, Jeff. It's kind of been – the surprise is that we have not really been on any great runs. We've just been consistent. I, I thought we'd have some hot runs. It's just we kind of built this lead up, and, and we've been up to 21 games over 500. And it's like we win two, lose one, win two, lose one, win, win three, lose one, and then lose three, and then win four. It's, it's, it's just been like a roller coaster, right? But you look up, and in the end, the whole body of work is there, and you're going, hey, you know what? Look at this. Right division, right time. And I think what's really uh, going to bode well for us in the long term is that we've been managed in a fashion to be ready for October and the later part. So, Bark, if you want to talk about, uh, you know, this this team right now, no, we're probably not playing at the best in the American yeah. League. But at the same time, um, if you look at our starting pitchers in particular, you'll notice a lot of lower innings. There, there's a lot of guys that aren't at 140 innings, yeah. 150 innings, 160 innings already. That's by design. we got a manager that planned this from the very get-go that we were going to be in the postseason, and those guys were going to be horses going down the line into September and into October. So, you know, sometimes the numbers are a little deceiving. This is one right. of those times that, that's a little deceiving. But we also, look, we've been a little inconsistent at times too. So it's, it's an interesting... It's an interesting case study, to say the least. Yeah, you, you just mentioned the manager. Well, what do you think Tony wants to see from his team down the stretch with this big league in the Central? Well, I would have to say what he wants to see is everybody healthy, one. You, sure. You'll note tonight's lineup, we don't have Tim Anderson in there. It's a third straight game that, that he's not in there because he's a little banged up. I mean, he literally, a couple of games ago, was like Superman, flying all over the place, <laughs> diving into bases, won the game, home run, uh to tie the game in the top of the ninth inning, wins it in extra innings. So, 
you know, he's getting his third straight day off and, you know, maybe a fourth tomorrow. That's the thing. I think he just wants to make sure when push comes to shove with this big lead we have, he's I don't think he's looking at saying we want the best record in the American League. He's he wants to position himself nicely, but he wants everybody to be at their prime when it really matters because he, he's done it before. And and he's going to manage accordingly to get his guys ready to play for the postseason. Yeah, what have you what have you made of Craig Kimbrell since he came over? Oh man, this guy he's 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 interesting yeah. because uh, I I used to watch him from afar and go, how would anybody ever <laughs> want to face that guy? I, I'm like, oh, seriously, I don't know how you can put the bat on the ball against this guy. And then he got here and you know he just went across town. But it is a new team adjustment, and he was he's actually had a couple of rough outings, which he hadn't had all year long with the Cubs. Um, but in the end, it comes down to he is gotten some jams and just like so many closers even though he's in the eighth inning right now he's gotten out of them almost every time i think on two occasions he didn't but he's really nasty and man what a what a plus it is to have him sitting there for the eighth inning you know darren it's funny i think a lot of people were wondering how uh how tony would uh how tony would would handle managing these young guys and i think it was tim anderson who had a comment very early in the year where he said um you know, something to the effect that here, here's the situation. It's kind of like we've got we got a bunch of young guys, and some of us are going to act up every now and then. But Tony's <laughs> the guy who is Tony's the father, and he's going to be the father sometimes. Other times, he's going to ask some of the bigger brothers to control some of the little brothers. And and I'm just wondering, is that kind of the way it way it turned out? Because I'll admit, I'll, I'll put my hand up here. As much as I love the White Sox going into the year, as much as I've been all in on the White Sox for a while, I did kind of. I wondered about about Tony, and then when you had the the thing with Mercedes, I thought, okay, here we go. But it seems as if it's it, it seems as if it's working. Yeah, um, you know what? It's a unique blend. You got the real, real old, old, old school manager that you know wants the respect of the game, play the game accordingly against opponents, don't embarrass anybody. And I agree with that. I'm an old school guy myself. I also saw the transition when the game started changing in the late '90s to the more modern style and. I'm not as big a fan of it, but it is fun to watch these guys get into it and enjoy themselves playing the game. I wish I would have had a little more fun when I played instead of being so serious. But Tony has done a really good job incorporating, you know, the players making decisions for themselves and him having the final word. But he knows how to talk to these guys to make sure that they're included in the conversation. It's not a one-sided affair. In the end, he will say, okay, I, I enjoy your input. I think it's really good, but let's make sure we do the hit and run this way. And I think that's the understanding. The players can say stuff, do stuff, enjoy the game. He'll give them all the breaks in the world, but in the end, he's going to make sure the game's played right. And when you mention the Mercedes situation, the 3-0 home run, still the, the numbers don't lie on that. I mean, he's the first guy in the history of the game of 3,000 opportunities or whatever it is with a 10-run-plus lead to swing at a 3-0 pitch. So... I think those numbers bear out that Tony was right. <laughs> That's not something you do in the game. Otherwise, it would have been done one of the 3,000-plus times prior to that. Hey, do we give Jose Abreu enough credit? Um, you know what? That's a great question, Bark, because um, I don't think so throughout the league. He's kind of, you know, he's on the south side of Chicago, not the north side. Yeah doesn't get the publicity but he's that quiet assassin that's going to be at the top of the league every year you look up and go who is that guy oh bray you again again oh bray you again he's just he goes about his business does it with a smile and and um you know what he's just one of the best run producers that's one of white Sox uniform ever let alone the last few years in major league baseball 
Yeah, I was just looking at his uh, at his numbers before you came on, and um, I think Rogers, Hornsby, Joe Medwick, George Foster, and Cecil Fielder are the only players in baseball history to lead their league in RBI in three consecutive years, and he's he's attempting to do that. You're, you know, it's funny you use the phrase "run producer," and oh. and, and I wanted to ask you about this because Barker's used the phrase "run producer" as well, and he's always he always looks at me when he says it because he knows that I. I <laughs> you know, then he says, now you're going to tell me RBIs don't matter and blah, blah, blah. And then we spin off into that whole in that whole dumbass argument, but which I generally win. But Darren, talk to me about about Jose Abreu as a run producer. So I'm sure Bark has already put this in your ear many a time. And the truth be told, I mean, anybody that's played the game of baseball knows what it's like to hit with the game on the line. The pressure being the closer, being the big RBI guy. There's only certain guys that can handle the mental stress of dealing with that day in and day out and not put pressure on themselves and fail. And that's why you get the big RBI guys in the heart of the lineup. They can do it day in, day out, handle that pressure, the stress. You'll see the guys that are less likely to drive in runs, make quick outs or, or swing at the first couple of pitches because they don't want to hit with two strikes. They try to just get the job done early too much pressure but Abreu stand there casually just like uh, somebody like a Joe Carter did back in the day you know they can handle the pressure these guys were really good at that they they separate themselves and look all ball players know that otherwise every guy wearing a uniform would average about 85 to 100 runs batted in a year and that's just not the case they just they can't handle that type of stress and pressure so the guys like Abreu step up and do it for them yeah, everybody that poo-poo's on the RBI, somebody's never tried to get one. I tell Jeff that all the time. He rolls his eyes at me. But Lance Lynn's throwing tonight. He's had a couple of hiccups. He's been thrown out of a game. When he's going bad, what are you seeing from him that he's not doing good? You know what? Here's the thing about Lance Lynn. And, and yeah, he got thrown out of his first game, I believe, ever last time out. And um, he does that thing you guys were talking about, too. He stares in almost every pitch that's close, and I, I didn't like it when I saw him doing it in an opposing uniform. I find it entertaining watching him doing it for us. It's kind of strange, but I laugh at it, and I'm going, here, here he goes again. He'll look at the sky. He'll look at the ground. He'll look at his belt. He'll look everywhere, and then finally get back on the mound, and you're like, okay. But the thing about him is this. Every pitch matters. You'll watch. He might go five innings tonight and throw 100 pitches. That's because every single pitch matters. He's not trying to lay one down the middle and say, hit it if you can. It's the opposite. He's trying to say, you can't hit this pitch, and I'm going to make sure of it. And if he misses, he's not going to get hurt with the miss. So you'll watch that tonight. He could be right on attack because everything's great, or he could be a guy that gives us five innings and 100 pitches but only gives up one run because he battled every single pitch. Darren, before we let you run, I wanted to ask you about just about a couple of guys, Luis uh, Robert and um, and uh, Eloy Jimenez. But just in in general, in the case of Luis, we're seeing in Toronto two young guys, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette, really scuffle right now. And um, you know the team isn't hitting with runners in scoring position; they're bearing a lot of the brunt. But it's yeah, I've I've covered I covered the Expo, so I covered a lot of teams with a lot of young players, and I saw a lot of young players just finish August on fumes and then maybe get their second win going into September. You talked about Tony and managing the pitching. What about managing some of the younger hitters and, and, and particularly a guy like Luis Robert? Yeah, great, great observation because you have seen it before if you've been around the game as long as you have around Montreal and others. But um, Luis Robert had a day off uh, yesterday 
um, because Tony realized, or it might have been two days ago, either way, because he realized there's seven straight games for this team that's playing indoors on turf, and he's just back from a hip flexor a few weeks ago. So he's managing these guys as well. He's making sure every player is going to be as fresh as can be and that they're not going to have injuries. But Robert, oh, he's a horse. He's 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 our five-tool guy, you know. Uh, my, my former partner on TV, Ken Harrelson, says he's a t- six-tool guy. He's got he's mm. got something even extra that you can't explain. <laughs> but he really is a super talent defensively on the base pass. Uh, he can drive in a clutch run. He's not the big RBI guy, but he doesn't ha- fail in the pressure situations. He can turn on a ball and hit it 500 foot. So he's fun. And then you 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 look at the other guys like Eloy Jimenez. No, he's your horse. He's he yeah. might be the best hitter in the lineup when it, day in and day out. He's a guy that might end up hitting like 325 and hitting uh, 45 home runs, driving in 120. He's that good. So when he's on, forget about it. He makes opponents pay even with good pitches. DJ, thanks for doing this, man. Really good to uh, chat with yeah. you again. Great stuff. Uh, my pleasure, guys. Um, and you know what? Uh, Bark, take it easy on us. All right? <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Derek. See you later. All right, Have guys. fun. All right. Take that, care. That's Darren Jackson. <laughs> White Sox analyst. The White Sox, very lucky. They've got, Look, a, I, they've got a great TV and radio no, crew. By no man. means am I saying they're a bad team. We, but, I know. But we, you got, DJ knows. We're just yeah, yeah, you, you, I mean, it's it's a little easier to give a, a, a six-tool guy a day but off when I, you're nine and a half games. But I, I, am gonna, I, I am going to say this, that credit, this is where Tony LaRusse's vast experience may come in. Because he's managed teams that have had huge leads in the division. And he's won World Series with teams that have had huge, with, with teams that are dominant. Yeah. So I think he'll have an idea of how to manage these guys down the stretch. But I just want to throw this, and I know we're up against the clock here. I want to throw this out right now about the White Sox. Um, they're not going away. Huh. This is pretty remarkable. These are the players that are signed through at least 2022. Jose Abreu, Dallas Keuchel, they got a 2023 option. Tim Anderson, there are team options for 23-24. He has Manny Grandels through 2023. Liam Hendricks, how good would Liam Hendricks look in a Blue Jays uniform? Shh, don't say it. 2023 with the 24 option. Lance Lynn, 2023-24 option. Yuan Moncada, 2024 with an option for 25. Aaron Bummer, 2024 25 and 26 options. Eloy Jimenez, 2024, 25, 26 options. Luis Robert signed through 2025 with options in 26, 27. The White Sox are going to be the dominant team in the American League for the next four years. Huh. I'm saying Did it you right say now. The American League, the American League, or their they, division. No, they are going to be the dominant wow. team in the American League those for the are, next four years. Houston's going to hit the wall a little bit. Those are strong words. The Yankees, I don't trust. The Red Sox, you know, the Red Sox have got a little stuff happening in the minor league system right now. The Red Sox aren't are are. If I was a Jays fan, I'd be a little more concerned about the Red Sox right now and and what they're going to look like in the future because they've got a good they've got a good farm system. And they've got a little bit of wiggle room financially next year as well. But uh, mm. yeah, we'll take a break and come back uh, on the other side. Maybe maybe talk a little more. I'll give Barker a chance to 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 uh, I'll give Barker a chance to apologize to the White Sox. It's baseball central. It's four set five ninety. The fan. We done okay with Saddam before, but we we do really good with him in the lineup. That's a fact. And, of course, uh, the sooner he can get to our lineup, it'd be great. 
you know, we're a lot better team with him in the lineup than we saw it. That's a fact. So, yeah, everybody's watching. Everybody's hoping he, he gets healthy and comes back to our lineup for sure. Charlie Montoyo talking about George Springer's absence. Barker's saying he's got to get his ass back in the lineup by Wednesday. <laughs> 595 is the text line. Boy, it's getting peppered with grenades over here. 595 is the text line, by the way. Um, gives your name and location. Uh, a texter has already asked, and this is the reason I, I mentioned that, Bark. Yeah. A, uh, a, a texter has already, has already said, uh, Nate and Winona, by the way, home of the Winona Peach Festival. Oh, yeah. Uh, good to have you guys back. Good to be back. How did rushing George back go for the Jays earlier I, in the year? There you go. Uh, I, well, Nate, Nate, I'm, I'm, I guess. I, we're not out there because I'm with, I'm with Nate on this. I'm with Nate. I mean, a quad, a quad and, a, and a knee for me is a little bit different. Again, yeah. I, 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 I'm just saying, if you watch games, you look at what the two young guys are trying to do to help this team win, and you just heard Darren how hard it is. Yeah. Uh, the Jays lineup, by the way, there is uh, no George Springer. And if Bo Bichette is leading off at short, Marcus Semien's at second, Vladdy's at first, Teoscar Hernandez is in right, Corey Dickerson in the left, Lourdes Gurriel is DHing, Santiago Espinal at third base, Randall Grichuk in center, hitting eighth, and uh, Reese McGuire behind the plate with Alec Manoa on the mound. A little bit of news, by the way, and uh, I mean, I, you know, I'm just going to throw this out there, but Kevin Biggio apparently suffered an arm injury uh, diving for a ball in AAA, and um, he's going for an MRI to the, determine the extent of the injury, but he will be out for a while. So I made a list of things. I made a list of things, Bark, and, I, and, and I'm not going to throw them out there right now because you know, we're not at the point where we're looking ahead to next year, but I made a list of stuff that I'm going to run out a little bit at a time uh, down the stretch drive in September, things I need to see. And one of the things I need to see, one of the things I need to see is I need to see third base shake out a little bit here. I need to see if Santiago Espinal can play more third base. I, you know, Kevin Biggio is not going to be my everyday third baseman. We know that the everyday third baseman for next year isn't, I don't think is on this mm. team right now, but I want to see Santiago Espinal get a run at third base. I want to get a read on what he is. I want to get a read on what he is. So I got a bunch of things that we need to see. Mm down the stretch here and um that's in, in in particular one of them because right now i think it's safe to say that next year's third baseman and next year's catcher aren't here they're, they're just not here you cannot go into next year with the same setup at third base and you cannot go into next year with the same setup yeah, behind so, the plate it, it, well if i need i need i need i need somebody who gives me i i need somebody who gives me a little bit of what alejandro kirk does offensively and, and some defense, because I'm I'm sorry, I can't. Uh, Alejandro Kirk can't be my everyday catcher. There's still too yeah, much sloppiness. I, I would think there. if you I, I would think if you backed Ross into a corner and ask him what's the first thing you want to do, he's trying to get quality arms coming out of the bullpen who have swing and miss stuff. That I mean, it's one thing to go out and just get arms. It's another thing to go out and get swing and miss arms. Seven oh seven is the first pitch tonight. It is the Chicago White Sox. They are rampaging through the American League Central title. Rampaging, Mr. Barker. Rampaging. 707, Lance Lynn against Alec Manoa. Ben Wagner, the radio voice of the Jays, joins us in the 6 o'clock hour. We're going to talk a little about Charlie Montoya when we come back as well. I think it's time. Don't you? Barker's just looking at me. 
I'm going to get him in trouble today. <laughs> it's Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Let's get back to having fun. That's my message, you know, because as you can see, it is a fun team, you know, whenever, you know, but it's tough to have fun when teams go bad, like a tough game like yesterday, but let's get back to having fun. That's that's my message right now to, to our club. Yeah, let's get back to having fun. You know, we're the same team that a week ago were 11 games over founder. We can do it again. Are we having fun yet? Baseball Central. Jeff Blair, Kevin Barker, 707 is the first pitch tonight. Ben Wagner will have the call of the game right here on Sportsnet 590, the fan. And Ben will join us at 630. A reminder, by the way, uh, that the Blue Jays have announced an adjustment to their uh, health and safety uh, protocol. Uh, to the, I'm sorry, their COVID-19 protocol. And beginning September 13th, all fans entering the Rogers Stadium, the Rogers Center, pardon me, will require proof of full vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test result. And uh, that is going to be the case for the final 12 regular season home games. And, uh, of course, the Blue Jays are like other sports teams and entertainment companies. And and the whole idea here, folks, is, um, you know, li- listen, the Jays are aware of what it looks like when you see a camera, uh, a TV shot of a stadium, and you got a whole bunch of people not wearing a mask. And um, it, essentially... If there is any hope at all uh, of attendance being increased this year, um, you know, these protocols are going to have to be in place. So it's not a surprise. Uh, I mean, if you're surprised by this, you clearly haven't been paying attention given what given what's going on in society in general. But uh, there you go, beginning September 13th, a couple of jabs or a uh, negative COVID test to go to a game at the Rogers Center. And that's all we will say about that. Right? Yep. So, Ravik Valera's asked a bunch. And, uh, well, this was Friday. And our dear friend A.J. Hinch, I thought, Kevin Barker, kind of threw threw Charlie. He didn't kind of. He threw Charlie under the bus. Right under the bus. Backed up over. Well, basically saying... uh, (laughs) Well, essentially what he said is Bravik Valera can't hit, Alejandro it. Kurt <laughs> can't can hit, and when we saw them bring Bravik Valera to the plate, we're thinking bunt. And, uh, yeah, he, he didn't. You're right. He, he, he threw Charlie under the bus and then backed it over him. Yep. Look, uh, I have made clear that I don't, I don't know when it comes to, to pitching decisions. How much of what happens is scripted out ahead of the game? In other words, hey, if this guy goes this long, then we'll do this, then we'll do, we'll do that. I don't know how much of that, you know, a team like the, we know the Tampa Bay Rays, for example, they do do that. They script it out. I would say that's more playoffs than it is regular season. The, okay. Th- thanks, th- that's, that's what I was, okay, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I was about to say. But one thing I'm pretty certain, Kevin, is when it comes to stuff like when you bunt, Things of that nature. I think that's a manager's... Like, I, I can't imagine that the guys in khakis have been sitting there saying, you know, if this situation... You know, let's see if I can... Let if he comes keyboard. in throwing a 100-mile-an-hour sinker. If he comes in throwing a 100-mile-an-hour sinker, uh, I'm going to ask a guy who 
I don't even know if he's a major league. Yeah. Well, he's been sitting over there for three and a half hours. He's been sitting over there for three and a half hours. I'm going to ask him to bunt. Yeah, I don't. So you're saying you don't like it? I no. I, I I live by this rule. Don't ask your player to do something they can't do. And yeah, it's it's we know that nobody bunts anymore. They just don't. Mostly on this team, there, there's there's nobody there's nobody who can bunt. That is just a fact. Now, mm. we may not like it. We may wish it were different. We may wish that the Jays had some guys who could play small ball and, and all this stuff. They don't have those guys. So I don't like, I don't like closing my eyes and saying he's going to bunt. I, I just don't. I, I, and it's got nothing to do, and I'm not getting into a whole small ball if you got guys who can play small ball, mm. then have at it, man. Have at it. If you got guys who can do it, you know, you, you look at a team like Detroit. They got some guys who can do stuff like that. Okay, that's a weapon. You can't hope yourself into having a weapon, right? You can't hope yourself into Bravik Valera suddenly turning into Ozzy Smith or something like that and being able to drop. You just can't do that. That really bothers me. And, and, that to me has got to be that has to be a managerial decision part. Yeah, that one, has to be a managerial. That, that was all Charlie, one thousand percent. But again, you know, to hit to his defense a little, they were zero for twelve with runners in scoring position with twenty guys left on base. Yeah, and what are you doing when you bunt? You're putting a guy. He's still in scoring position. You're you're, you're moving him to you're, third. Yeah, with yeah. less than two outs. Well, they, they wait, haven't wait, been wait, able to score for. Well, they with, haven't with, been with, able to score. Well, okay, better better chance of Randall Gritch at getting a hit. Or a sack fly. Now, or at I'm least not, avoiding now, the not, double play. Now, I'm not taking that for Charlie by no means. Right. But I'm just saying if you're sitting over there and you're going, eh, okay, right. 0 for 12 right. with 20 dudes left on base. Wow. And I so, got a lefty throwing a bazillion miles an hour well, let me with ask the bottom of my order coming okay, up Bart, who probably can't hit real good if I'm against on, this guy. If, if I've got a team that's 0 for 12 with runners in scoring position, what the hell makes you think Bravik Valera is the answer to the problem? He's not. He didn't go in there to get a hit. I, it's... I don't. I don't exactly. I don't exactly know the the conversation that we're trying to have here. Is it that we don't think that Charlie's been doing a good job up until this point? No. Or I, I think that I, I think that that Charlie and I said this at the start of 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 his career here. Ultimately, Charlie Montoyo is going to be judged by how good Vladdy Jr and Bo Bichette become under his watch. That to me is yeah. the that that's why I, they got that's why they got a guy like Charlie Montoya. That's why they got a development guy. Anybody could manage Bo and Vladdy. Well, I don't they're, know. They're I'm going to say this. I'm going to give Charlie a whole hell of a lot of credit for keeping those two guys for keeping those two guys relatively healthy. I I listen, huh. I, I Mark, I, I, I covered I, a I was, lot of teams. I, playing, I covered it was more a lot to the player than no, it was the manager I, to keep you healthy. Yeah, the manager. I covered a lot of that. teams with a lot of young players, and those guys and, and guys that were had always to do getting with hurt. guys getting hurt. That's yeah. the manager's fault. I think that I think That's, that has always been what I will always be. Up to the player to keep mm. themselves healthy, understanding that that's the most important part of your job is to have the manager write your name in the lineup. We have. That's we, it. Here's the thing: we've seen a deterioration in Vlad's game defensively lately but i want to say this i want to say this and the statistics prove that hmm. i want to say this though 
under Charlie, he's played every day. He's learned a position to the point where we think he's good enough that, I mean, at no point now, we've talked about this, at no point now do we say Vladdy's got to come out. We've got to play, play defense. Well, they really got anybody else either. No, but I mean, there wouldn't, even if they did, you're not going to, even if Rowdy Telez was here, you're not going to play, you're not going to pull Vladdy out I of the game. I know what your point is. Yeah. Right. So I, I think on balance, I think Charlie's done a real, a really good job with those two yeah. guys. Uh, you, you know, I know that Pete Walker gets a lot of credit for, gets most of the credit for what's going on with the starting pitching. But again, I think Charlie's, Charlie's managing of that situation I think has been has been pretty okay. good based on what we've seen this okay, year. Okay. okay, let me just throw uh, something out here because I always thought that one of the things people never gave John Gibbons credit for. People gave John Gibbons credit for a whole bunch of stuff that he didn't deserve credit there for. There you go. One of the things they never gave John Gibbons credit for is John Gibbons got a team to the playoffs of the rookie closer, a 21-year-old kid from Mexico that no one, no one even thought he'd make the team. Yeah. A rookie closer, Sanchez on innings limit, and... And, and and trying to work yeah. Marcus Stroman give, in give, and give, helping Mark and Marco Estrada give, catching lightning in the ball. Give I, he managed egos. That that was what he was really really not if great at. Okay, managing egos. But uh, you know, listen, I you you made you, the point. Well, you made the point when the Jays went out and made the trade for all those relievers that you thought now. Okay, now that that it's it's kind of go time and and yeah. and the focus is is going to be on on Charlie here. And I guess what I'm saying is. <laughs> I, I just, I, I've thought in the past couple of years, it's hard to figure out who to blame for things because we know there are so many different cooks writing out the recipe for this team. Yeah. Right? But I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering now if we, if what we're not seeing is, I think a lot of talk goes into the lineup, right? I think the analytics folks have a big say in how the lineup is Maybe, set up. Yeah. But once the game starts, I, I'm, like I'm the, hearing things, I don't know how much how you say they did. For they, me, they how you ju- how you judge managers, how he manages his bullpen. Mm-hmm. How do you think Charlie has done at doing that? That's the big question. Well, I mean, I'm I'm you know if I really look at it, I can probably come up with four or five games where it didn't work out. But if I if I know this off the top of my head, I can come up with sixteen games where I'm thinking I don't know what the hell I would have done differently. Like he's basically he's he's. He's gone with the hot hand, and the hot hand is, you know, turned to be turned out to be guys who were sort of, you know, lightning in a bottle. Um, the, what's a sure thing in the bullpen? We we talked about this. For this bullpen to be good, they needed Ryan Barucki to be effective. They needed David David Phelps to be here. Yeah. And right now, the only guy in that bull in that bullpen that is, to my way of thinking, is trustworthy mm-hmm. is Romano. Simber and Richards, you gotta trust. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. And Tim Mazin. And, and maybe really Tim Mazin. Really Tim Mazin. But when 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 say two or three or all four of those is not available. If you're a manager and you have Connor Overton, Trent Thornton, Kirby Sneed, Taylor Saucedo, Brad Hand, you can throw in there. Who are you going to? When Brad. would you go to him? How much are you gonna go to him? Well, like, I, that's the thing. Again, is, that 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 the thing without loss last yesterday that really that really kind of stuck in my craws you kind of got i mean that the bullpen didn't lose that game for you no they lost because they can't hit with runners in scoring right right now and marcus Semyon and flighty grail couldn't make the last the last i mean taylor taylor sacedo did his job he's got the ground ball to get out of okay since he's been called up 
He attacks the strike zone, which is what you want a young guy to do. I'm just uh, here. It, 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 is, it's very, it is very easy to always point the finger at Charlie. But uh, does he have the horses to, to compete against the, the big teams? I'm not saying that the team that just faced in Detroit's a big-time team, but I'm saying you are as what he's got to go to from, say, the sixth inning on, better than the other teams? No. This is why we're talking about it right now. Because the Jays are starting a four-game series against the White Sox tonight. Mm. The White Sox have Liam Hendricks. We know the Jays made an offer to Liam Hendricks. We know Liam Hendricks toured the Jays training facility. Yeah. Liam Hendricks is a horse as a closer. He is a, he is a machine. Mm-hmm. They didn't sign Liam Hendricks. Now he's with the White Sox. They also, of course, have, have Craig Kimbrell. But l- let's just kind of, I, I want to talk about the Jays' bullpen a bit. And, and, and some of the situations we've seen. Um, the Jays took a couple of gambles that didn't work out. Kirby Yates. That's and, a big one. And Tyler Chatwood. Didn't cost them a lot of money. But they took two gambles that didn't work out. Rafael Dolis, you know, was a guy that came back from, 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 from last year. Julian Merriweather was great. You knew he was going to get hurt at some point. Nate Pearson, I just put a question mark there. A.J. Cole. But this is the other guy, David Phelps. And then, of course, we mentioned Ryan Barucki being being effective. I I really do believe that an effective Ryan Barucki and a healthy David Phelps. Yeah, the Ryan Barucki thing's a little odd. I have no idea what's going on there. You would think he'd get a little longer leash than what he got, which is just odd. Maybe there's something going on there that we don't really know about. But yeah. the David Phelps thing is huge. You've been there and done it. Can pitch to a pitch to a to a hitter's weakness better than anybody on that list that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. That they have nobody that can but, do that, and it eliminates the names that I just mentioned: right. the, the Kirby Sneeds and the Connor Overtons. That you know, right now, today are probably not big leaguers, and they're depending on these guys to get giant outs and the, down the stretch. The, it's a lot to ask. The bottom line with this bullpen is that they're just simply isn't enough swing and miss stuff in this bullpen. Yeah. It just isn't. Adam, Adam, Adam Simber, again, Adam Simber has got many great balls we're starting to see now off yeah. of him. What does that tell you? Trickery. They're starting to come up with figuring out ways to see the trickery. Because that's where he, where he throws it from. I face guys like that. It'll take you a couple of times, and then after a couple of times, that you see it, you get the timing down, and you don't have to respect velocity. Now I can let the ball travel. Now the slider's not as good as it was mm-hmm. two times ago when I faced him. That's the point is he's had a really good year. Not saying he, that he hasn't, but to ask him to come no, in no, no. And, Listen, I, in giant situations with a runner no. on second is just no, he, it's a lot to we're, ask. We're not talking, we're not talking to 21-year-old kid. Like he is no. he is what he is. Yeah. And you know what he is? He's a useful serviceable. He sure is. Like he, somebody said this to somebody said this on, on Twitter the other day. They said, How many of these relievers are going to be back next year? Ross has got to completely rebuild the bullpen. I agree he's got to rebuild the bullpen. But I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. I think Jordan Romano will be back. Yeah. I think Adam Simber will be back, and I think Richards will be back. I have no problem. Tim until you can throw in Mays, there, like I have no days. problem with Richards and Simber being used in the sixth inning or the, the seventh inning or maybe even the eighth inning. Yeah, they they are effective. They can be effective guys, provided you have got somebody that can come in for them when they get in trouble and end the inning with a strikeout. And that's the problem. Adam Simber gets in trouble. Here comes Trevor Richards. He's not getting a strikeout. You're no. going to have ball, balls in play. Yeah. That's, that just puts a lot of pressure on your manager to always pick the right guy. 
Oh, oh, because you don't have any swing and miss. If you're Tony Larissa and you look at their bullpen and you're just getting fuego and you're closing your eyes and picking one and it's always the right one to pick. Yeah, it's, it's never it's it's never wrong when you have there uh, you go. When you have a, when you have Kopex and and Ryan Tapera who's had a really good year, you mentioned Kimbrell and you and Liam Hendricks. Uh, how can you pick the wrong guy? A couple of a uh, couple of Jays lineup moves, by the way. They've recalled Josh Palacios from AAA Buffalo. He'll be active for tonight's There's game. There's your butter. Yeah, yeah. And Kirby Kirby Sneed's been optioned to uh, been optioned to AAA Buffalo. And, there you uh, go. Elvis Luciano, relief pitcher. Right-handed pitcher, sorry, he's been released from the roster. He's now a free agent. He was a Rule Five guy, could throw hard, and never really, mm-hmm. never really did figure it out. And fr- frankly, uh, you know, Elvis Luciano's been released because the organization, uh, the organization's yeah. passed him by. Uh, okay, the 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 big question in the room here: at the end of the year, you think Charlie's job is on the line? That that's the big question here. Do you think it's fair to even have the conversation and say it out loud? Is it fair to have the conversation? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's fair to have the conversation. Because of who? Well, is it because of what they did at the trade deadline? What they gave up as you know no, prospects no, that everybody it's because, loves? It's because. Is it because Seattle may finish ahead of them? No. No, I, I think it's because we have now we're we're seeing Charlie over 162 games with a team that should be in playoff contention. And I think it will depend, frankly, on how they finish the year. If they finish the year and and they're... Make a, like a run at it. Make not, a maybe run. not a serious run, yeah. but then, get George yeah, back. He's I, healthy. Then, doing I his thing. No, then I have no problem. I, no. I just, I... You know, the question about Charlie has always been, is Charlie Montoya the guy to take this team to the World Series? Because that's the goal for this organization. This organization is going to spend money. Look, they, you know how you can tell an organization's ready to contend? When they can waste money on Kirby Yates and Tyler Chadwood. Yeah. I mean, they basically wasted money on them. But that's what organizations... Because when organizations are willing to spend money, you're going to make mistakes. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you know, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna miss a lot of times. So this organization isn't afraid to spend money. This organization signed George Springer. This uh-huh. organization, you know, has got it's got some starting pitching. I, I I think that's that's the question with Charlie Montoya. To me, Charlie Montoya has answered this question. He has succeeded in getting Vladdy and Bo to the point where they are really good everyday major leaguers and all star caliber players. Now we can argue about how much of how much of that is them? How much of the bottom line is on Charlie Montoya's watch? Because you know as well as I do, if Vladdy stunk, Charlie's the guy that the the that the targets on. Hmm. If Vladdy if Vladdy's in Buffalo right now trying to learn third base, then people are going, Charlie messed that up. So Charlie's delivered on Vladdy. He's delivered on Bo. I have what we're seeing from those. Those two guys right now is just young guys in August. I, I'm not worried about them in the slightest at all. He's delivered on those two. He has managed along with Pete Walker the rotation really well. But the question with Charlie is, can he be the guy that takes the team on a run in the postseason? What if he was the manager of the White Sox? That is the... Unfortunately, he's not. He's the manager of the Blue Jays. But my point is that is I that's my measuring stick. I don't know what the front office's measuring stick is. Uh, We've said managers don't get fired that much anymore in baseball. We saw the San Diego Padres got rid of their pitching coach today. 
Uh, and managers not, don't get fired that much. I'm not real sure how, what the front office thinks about expectations this year either. Were they really well, expected to win this year, or are they all point. in next year? That's a fair point. And like, he has to get off to a good start, or maybe you make a change. You know, it, it, people people made this point that, oh, they signed George Springer, so they're all in. No, they signed George Springer to a six-year contract. What they were doing was helping keep open or 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 opening even wider the window of opportunity that exists for Vladdy and Bo. I didn't think that by signing George Springer, they were saying, oh, it's go time. We're going to take, you know, if it was go time this year, they would have gone out and they would have blown the doors off to try to sign Kevin Gossman. They would have given him a four or five year or deal. Or Liam Hendricks. Or Liam Hendricks. They would have gone out and they said, you know, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to blow the doors off these guys. We're going to make pitchers offers they can't refuse. That, to me, is a sign. If they had done that this offseason, mm-hmm. then we could sit here and say it, it, it's go time. Um, anyhow. I so, so, you're, so, so you're saying the offseason, Charlie's safe, but the beginning of the season, he got to get off to a good start. Or I, they do. I need, to see how, I need to see how this team finishes. I need to see how this team finishes in, in September. How do they look at the end of the year? Yeah, I, I, that, that's I, – I don't have – Again, I'm a guy who thought that they were going to win 83 to 80. If they win 83 to 86 games, I'm not going to be surprised. I'm going to sit here and say, that's kind of what I expected. Vladdy and Bo, all-stars? You know, and another guy, and I'm going to throw this guy out there because another guy that, you know, Teoscar Hernandez, again, on Charlie's watch, has turned into an all-star. Now, you're right, it's talent. I get that. But, again, I keep getting back to this point. If you're going to blame the manager when young guys don't work out, you got to give the manager some sort of credit for creating the environment or creating the system of communication, or at least using the system of communication to keep to to develop to develop players. I think he's done a terrific job developing these guys. But my question is: Does does he? He, and, and if this team goes on a roll and they get the wild card spot. Yeah, well, that's a no-brainer. Then I'm going, Phew. but I think you have to have the discussion. I absolutely think you have to have this. And that doesn't mean that you have to say fire the guy or don't fire the guy, but you, you have to have the discussion. I think you do. Mm. 590-590 is a text line. What do you feel about that? Um, I'm not going to turn this into a referendum on Charlie Montoya ahead of a big series against the White Sox. But uh, how do you feel about it? Ben Wagner is the radio voice of the Blue Jays. He joins us next. It's Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Seven oh seven is the time of the first pitch tonight. Alec Manoa against Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn bidding for the American League Cy Young Award. Robbie Ray's got to be in the picture, doesn't he? Yeah, he's had six quality starts in a row. Yeah. It's been really good. We're going to have to have the, how much do you sign Robbie Ray for talk at some point? Not now, though. Not now. Not now. It's more important to sign him or find better bullpen arms. Ooh. Well. I said that I was re, was going to avoid sort of coming to a decision on Robbie Ray until I see how we finish the year. I want to see if all the grunting and the tight pants and the mm-hmm. 20 pounds of extra muscle held up. Well, it's August 23rd. It's held up. So I'm... I'm the routine and the extra muscle is the key there. Yeah. It's been huge for him. He's found it. He's a late bloomer when it comes to yep. what it takes to be able to grunt 
for 110 pitches. And people, you made the point very earlier, and I know that you talked to people around the team, but one of the point points that people around the team made is Robbie Ray came into camp in really good shape. Oh, nobody now, and, nobody and, knew him. And, 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 and there's, yeah, and, and there's, here's the thing. Like, you know, we hear every year in spring training, oh, it's the best shape of my life. Huh. And then a guy goes in, and, and I always use Verna Wells as an example. Verna Wells spent, and he'll tell you, but he spent an entire offseason doing yoga. Best shape of his life. Bang. First day running, boom, bum leg. Uh. So there's coming into camp in the best shape of your life and coming into camp in the best shape of your life and making it work for you. And Robbie Ray did that. So we, this, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on Robbie Ray. This is the uh, Chicago White Sox lineup. Uh, Darren Jackson, their TV analyst was on, or their analyst was on a little mm-hmm. earlier. Tim Anderson is not in the lineup for the White Sox. The lineup is Cesar Hernandez, Luis Robert, Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, Juan Moncada, Brian Goodwin, Andrew Vaughn, Danny Mendick, and Sebi Zavala, the catcher. Lance Lynn, as we mentioned, 10 and 3 with a 2.26 ERA. He'll be on the mound against Alec Manoa. And uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays, it'll be Bichette, Semyon, Guerrero, Hernandez, Dickerson, Guriel will be DHing. Santiago Espinal at third base. Randall Gritchick hitting eighth in center field. Reese McGuire behind the plate. We mentioned Alec Manoa uh, starting for the Blue Jays. So that is the lineup ahead of tonight's game. What are you, uh, what are you looking for from Alec Manoa against this lineup in particular? Be aggressive in the strike zone. Don't waver from that. Be aggressive. Do what you do best. You know, the sinker, the four-seamer, the slider, if he's got the slider working, he'll have a good night. If he doesn't, that that for me seems to be the key. You know, it's everybody always says fastball command, but for him, it seems like that that slider helps him find the release point for everything else. When he got that, and he can basically make it look like way he wants to make it look, then everything else sort of falls in place mechanically. His finish is better. His confidence is better. His his rhythm and timing, his tempo is better, which is a big deal for him. You know, you get it, you go, you get it, you go. You're not getting it out there. You're not gripping it, thinking about where I'm gripping it and where I want it to go. If his slider's working, he'll have a good night. White Sox, by the way, are coming off their largest loss this season, 9 nothing to Tampa Bay. They were outscored 17-4 by my Rays. In the two previous yeah, you, games. You can say that. Let me just see. Lending credence to Barker's idea that if the White Sox were in the East, they'd be, I don't know, fifth. Would they be ahead of the I'm Orioles? Not saying, I'm Would not they be say, ahead I'm, of they'd be ahead of I'm the Orioles. I'm not saying that, but you ain't you ain't giving a, a six tool guy off a day off in August. I'm gonna tell you. Not if you're in the East. Ben Wagner's the radio voice of the Blue Jays. He's a six-tool guy. Yes, he is. He is indeed. That's what I heard. He'll join us next. This is Baseball Central. Don't read anything into that. This is Baseball Central at Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Oh! 7.07 is the first pitch tonight. I'm looking forward to seeing the White Sox bark, aren't you? One of the best teams in the American League, right, Park? Would you say would they? You're gonna? Would you say they're one of the ten best teams in the American League? The but White Sox? Would top, you top five? Yeah. You're giving them that, hey? Top five, yeah. Yeah, okay, all right. They're ahead of Oakland a little bit, eh? Just maybe a bit. Depends right. on where they're playing. 
Oh, Jesus. <laughs> first of four between the White Sox and the Blue Jays tonight at the Rogers Center. 707 first pitch. Lance Lynn against Alec Manoa. Let's bring in Ben Wagner. He is our uh, radio voice. He is down at the Rogers Center. And uh, Mr. Wagner, it's good to uh, good to talk to you, Bark. I guess we should expect, because the White Sox are one of those poor American League Central teams, this is probably a gimme for the Jays. Just as, oh, hang on. Oh, aren't, aren't the Detroit Tigers in the Central? Oh. So, so Barker has boldly predicted a four-game sweep here uh, against... Oh, oh, that's what, yeah. Who's sweeping I'm going to sit here silent. I don't want to be guilty of this conversation. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, hey, uh, the uh, Jays sent out photos of George Springer running, which is... Did you see that, and how's it good. look? Yeah. Hold how... on. Hold on, everybody. What? Remember where I spent the first two months of this regular season? Watching the exact same thing <laughs> in right. April and in May. <laughs> That's watching right. George Springer lightly jog or do some light sprinting, do some agility work. And, um, well, we just sat and we waited and we waited and we waited. Um, but we did see that again today. And we also saw him take some live batting practice today with a huge knee brace. On oh. his left leg. And, um, I mean, you, I could see it because I'm at the ballpark, you know, and I was mm-hmm. 35 feet away from home plate. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's got a pretty big <clears throat> knee brace on it. There's a lot of encouraging signs around George Springer. Not going to lie, just over a week after he had the collision in the wall and his body weight came crashing down in Seattle and sprained the left knee. Um, this is this is still ahead of schedule. I think that there's there's some optimism. But there's a lot of reservation to say, you know, George Springer is going to be in the lineup on Friday or Saturday in Detroit. Yeah, I, here's the thing. Before I, if, I, if I'm not going to have George Springer healthy for this series, um, I, I mean, I'm not at the point where I'm writing off the season, but I also am not at the point where I want to bring him back and have him go in the DL after, after six days. I, I, I think... <laughs> I think you got to give George as much time as he needs to heal right now. That this is the way I look at it. And, you know, these other guys, Teoscar, Bo, and Vladdy, are going to have to figure it out and carry the team in his absence. Well, without – I mean, we see how different this lineup has performed without George Springer in it, right? They played their best baseball in July coming out of the All-Star break, and George Springer was a big reason when he moved into that top spot into the batting order. And guys have to start getting it getting it going, right? Vladdy's in a terrible funk right now. Teoscar Hernandez, after an incredible couple of weeks, has had a really bad week at the plate, and the offense has shown with uh, one of its biggest bats, you know, that it's that it's a little clunky right now, and points of execution are long over the last 8 to 10 games on why that's reared its ugly head. But, yes, you do not want to, for me, forget who it is. You don't want to rush back a knee injury. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, a knee sprain is significant. Bo came back after a month. It was graded at the same knee sprain. It took a month for him to get back on the diamond. With George Springer, the way and the demands of the way that he plays, uh, you want to make sure he's firing on all cylinders. So uh, seeing him in the batter's box, it was encouraging today, but he was not full tilt running. And even the running that he was doing was straightforward, shut it down, turn around, walk back, Run straight forward, shut it down, turn around, walk straight back. Yeah, are you? I know you're around the batting cage. If you heard guys talking about, you know, how they 
think they need to turn this around? Is it swinging at better pitches? Is it, you know, not trying to do too much, staying within yourself? Is it all the above? What have you been hearing? All the above. All the above, Bark. You know, I, I talked with a couple of guys down in the dugout today, and specifically about yesterday's ball game, getting into extra innings. Uh, the situation where you're going to have an automatic runner at second base, do you approach it differently? Do you try to bunt a guy over? And then with less than two outs, maybe try to drive in that run with a fly ball. Because here we are for now eight straight games. Coming through with a runner in scoring position, a timely base hit, it just hasn't happened for the Blue Jays. Teams get in these funks, right? We love to talk about how hitting is contagious. Well, so is this the pressure points of when you're not scoring runs or getting timely hits. And, you know, approaches a little bit of it. And the, the bat that sticks out for me was Kevin Smith yesterday. You didn't bunt him over. And instead of just trying to move a guy over by going the other way, you know, it's a couple of big swings at a, you know, good contact. And everybody was cheering with their hearts in the ballpark. But still fly ball that does nothing. Right. Now, so, it, so a lot of that is a, a approach first and foremost and looking at the time and score, so to speak. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and this is the thing, like, Bark and I talked about the whole the whole Bravik Valera and Bunting and you know AJ Hinch basically saying well you know they took out a guy who could hit and replaced him with a guy who couldn't hit so you know even you know I didn't need anybody banging on a garbage can to tell me that what the play was going to be <laughs> um, but it, it, here's the thing that 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 really that that really does concern me is you know, we've all seen a lot of baseball. Um, in that situation yesterday, I would almost expect that Kevin Smith would... It says something to me that you've brought up a guy from the minors who is effectively your 25th guy, and he can't bunt. That says something to me, and I, I, I understand that bunting isn't what it used to be. I, yeah, I, I get all that, but uh, I, I don't know what that says. I, you know, I, I mean... Buck made the point when he was talking about Alejandro Kirk yesterday as well. And Dan said, you know, well, if they, when the rosters expand in September, and they're only going to expand, I think, to what, 28. <clears throat> so it's not like you're going to be able to bring 20 guys up. But what do you do? And, and they thought, well, you bring the, have the third catcher seems obvious. And, but Buck's point was, okay, well, what do you do with Alejandro Kirk, though? I mean, he's not going to be a defensive replacement. Um, you know, yeah, he can, he, I, he can hit. But if he's a guy you use late in the game and he gets on base, you probably you may have to pinch run for him depending on the situation. And and this kind of concerns me is you're seeing all the you're seeing a lot of these guys at the bottom of the order or not at the bottom of the order, uh, Ben, but kind of on the fringes of the roster. And I I, I just it, it kind of puzzles me that you can uh, you can be a lifer in the minors or not a lifer in the minors, but spend as much time in the minors as Kevin Smith did. Come up here and not, not be asked to bunt. I, I don't know. I just, it really, really kind of confuses me. Yeah, you know, points of execution in this, but also are the Blue Jays giving those guys that are on the fringes of either being in the major leagues or in the conversation of what do you do this next offseason? Do you leave them on the 40? Do you take them off of the 40-man roster? If you're going to look to improve your ball club, which we know the spots that this ball club needs to be improved, you're giving them a little bit of leeway right now. I mm. think you're you're giving a lot of guys a test drive. They have clung on to Bravik Valera this entire stretch. They've given him a run over the last couple of weeks. Kevin Smith has put up pretty solid numbers. They're giving him a run, you know, over the next couple of weeks. And opportunity not only to play at third base, and, 
you know, he he made a nice play. Everybody wants to talk about the dive. The throw was really good, too. Yeah. Uh, popping up off his chest like that. And his arm has been pretty good. They're going to give him a look in the outfield, from what I've understood. I talked with a couple of coaches. He's taking ground balls at first base. They're trying to manufacture ways to get Vladimir Guerrero Jr. off of his feet. Maybe Kevin Smith, with his good hands, can move over to first base. But then again, I raise the question, well, why can't you just bring a guy up and let him get comfortable yeah. for a little bit of time and let him tell you if he needs to move and see what you've got with a third baseman that's shown that he can hit for average, has a little bit of pop. When you believed him in the minor leagues playing that position or shortstop, I know Kevin also played a lot of shortstop. Uh, I think the Blue Jays have a lot of questions with where they're at right now with this prospect pool, too, outside of just a couple of guys. Yeah, it's a lot to do. That's a lot to ask for when you're trying to make the playoffs. Uh, Manoa coming off a stinker, extra day's rest. What are you looking for early from him? Well, I think command and conviction on the on the hill. And what we found out since his last start was prior to him taking the mound, he found out that somebody very close to him in the family had passed away. And that's why he went on the bereavement list the day after the start. And I asked Charlie Montoyo, do you think that was weighing heavy on him and affected the start? And he said he really believes that it did. It was something that was circling around in his mind. Obviously, it's going to adjust the focus, and it's tough to relock that in. Uh, he feels that Alec Manoa has taken the time that he needs away from the team. He traveled to Florida, spent the three days in Florida, came back yesterday, was activated, and in preparation for his start tonight. Now, it's a pretty good lineup. It's a different lineup without Tim Anderson in it. But this is still a lineup that crushes fastballs and change-ups. So, for me, I want to see that slider. And I want to see the wipeout slider for him and, and go to it. Go to it early to establish himself uh, against a really good lineup. Uh, with the bats that are in there, because you're going to have Luis Robert. You've got Jose Abreu, Aloy Jimenez, Juan Moncada. Hey, there are some really, really big bats right here. So f establishing that slider for me will be a real big key early on tonight. Ben, before we, uh, we, we let you run, one thing I, I, I did want to uh, ask you about is, and this happened when I was away in holidays, but, you know, the Jose Abreu start in D.C. Uh, and, you know, Charlie, ba well, Charlie saying that, hey, I, I took come out of the game because he basically asked out of the game um having spent some time around the team is there any any uh any lingering uh you know ahead of tomorrow's start for him any kind of lingering bad feelings there or uh any any lingering feelings one way or another that you're able that you're able to to figure out because that frankly really concerns me i understand listen i've been to dc this time of year um, I, it is hot. It is humid. It is not the most uncomfortable or the most comfortable situation. But, man, I, I, I can't have my starting pitcher doing that. I, I just can't. Yeah, I was concerned. I was surprised. I was surprised after the ball game we found out, you know, the pitch count really didn't get that high for him. I didn't think the innings of duress. I think he was just feeling off. I did not, in the last couple of days, pick up any sense of frustration about that okay uh you, you know they believe the guy they believe the guy that knows his body uh charlie for actually ahead of that start even uh, was talking about his workout regimen and just how how much of a surprise it is once you get to know the new guys that come into your clubhouse especially the guys that are outside of the organization uh what you pick up and the conviction with the running regimen that Jose Barrios has in making sure he's durable to get deep into ball games was one of the things he pointed out. So it was interesting after that ball game, you find out that he was really fatigued by the heat and humidity. 
And, I mean, you can read a number of different things. You get adjusted to California weather, Seattle with the time difference, and then you come back and you have to go into that sweat box that that pocket of the country is right now in, uh, in the middle of August. Yeah, it could disrupt a body, and it may be routine, sure. But I didn't get any reservation from the team, you know, thinking about not giving him the ball. Ben, good stuff, my friend. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks, Ben. Hey, it's great to have you guys uh, leading us into first pitch. Oh, oh well, thank it. you. Yeah, well, we do, too. We do, yeah. too. Now make the team win, damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't want to waste my time. I, I, I'm a busy man. I got other stuff to do. I'm it's not going to spend two hours leading into some dog-ass, dead-ass baseball team. <laughs> we see, blame you for that. See you, yep, Ben. That's see on you. me. I'll see do better later. today. Thank you, care. That's Ben Wagner. I'm just kidding. I, I, I'm just We're kidding. We're joking. We are joking. We are joking. Uh, is that news about Zach Britton, by the way, on the MLB Network, on the IL with a, uh, for 10 days with an elbow strain, sprain? Is that I, news? I wasn't paying attention. I was listening to Ben. All right. History will be made tonight. This is what I was getting at because, uh, well, we have talked about the the New York Yankees, and uh, you know I predicted that they uh, they didn't scare me; they'd fall out of the hunt, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is bizarre. The Yankees and the Braves are playing each other tonight. Mm-hmm. Now think about where the Yankees were a month ago. Think about the Braves, and the Braves are in the National League East, and it's kind of a icky division. Up and, and down. Up and down. Yeah. So it's going to be the first time since 1901 that two teams with nine with winning streaks of nine games or more are meeting. Wow. <laughs> Think about that. First time since 1901. Uh, that's courtesy of our friends, by the way, at the MLB Network, the Yankees, and, uh, the that, Yankees that, and that's tonight. at the Braves. If you're if you're Aaron Boone, who you're not playing, Giancarlo Stanton, Luke Voigt. I'm taking a look. I don't know where it is. I'm going to take a look here at the Yankees lineup. I'm going to take a look at the Yankees lineup. But uh, that's remarkable. The Yankees. Uh, you look at me. I've always I've quite often been wrong about teams and that. But do you see this coming? Did you see this coming? No, no, nobody could see that coming. I mean, you, you you would think it's the Yankees, and the Yankees tend to always figure it out. But they they were pretty dead. Like they, the, you know, that that's Brian Cashman going out and doing something at the trade deadline to maybe spark an older team. But you know, you have a need. Well, you know, you the other, left-handed bats. You go out and get two of them. The the other that's thing, the, the other thing it did, and uh, you know, I, I I'm going to give us credit because we both talked about it at the time, but. One of the things Brian Cashman did in acquiring Anthony Rizzo is kept them away from the Red Sox, too. Yeah. I'm sure you're not – look, general managers don't think that way. There's a Yankee starting lineup. LeMahieu, Rizzo, Judge, Gallo, Stanton, Sanchez, Rugner Rodur, Velasquez, Jordan Montgomery. So, no Luke Voigt. No Luke Voigt. But that's kind of – that was the perfect trade because not only did you strengthen yourself, but you really screwed another team in your division because I, I listen. I, I really do think that the the Red Sox, the Red Sox are playing like a disappointed team. They're playing like a team that maybe expected their GM to do a little more. They did it than they did at the deadline. Yeah, the, the, too. That that also says that the Yankees will never give up. No, no matter what their their record is, if they if they can make their team better, 
They're going to make their They're going to go out and do it. Any last thoughts as we uh, get set to hand it over to Mr. Wagner? No, I say, I say superstars need to show up in big moments, and the obvious names for the Blue Jays lineup has to show up and show up big for the next can, 40 games. Can I? Let me ask you this, because Bo had a couple of de- Bo, Bo had a decent game at the plate yesterday. Three for six. Yeah, he, he, when he, he gets a, a good pitch to hit, he hits it hard somewhere. Are you seeing a difference between how he is trying to get out of this right now and how Vladdy's trying to get out of it? No, I, I think they're trying too hard. Uh, Bo is a chaser anyway. He's always been a chaser, and that hasn't really shown up because the other guys are picking, the, you mm. know, doing their thing, and, and you know, Vladdy was – fighting for an MVP and, and George Springer came back and was doing those things. And Marcus Simeon was hitting all the home runs and Tay Oscar was starting to do his thing. And now the lights being shown on Bo, Bo needs to, and can he zone in and swing at what he wants to swing at? Not in, not up and in, not down and away. I'm not doing that until two strikes until I have to. And I'm one of the best two strikes hitter in baseball. See, I thought I'm was- not doing that anymore until two strikes. I'm getting my pitch. That for me separate will separate him from everybody else, and right now we're just not seeing that consistently. I, I I thought there was something really interesting about about how he how he battled yesterday, uh, you know, it, single to center, double to right center, single to right. Um, yeah, but in his last at bat, he comes up against a guy that's got an ERA almost seven. And he chases a first pitch spinner. Yeah, why that's would you fair. do that? You that's, get yourself out with a runner in scoring position. Why why fair. you do that? You're there to make maximum contact with the baseball. And to do that, that thing's 17 inches wide. It's really not when you're hitting. You got to split it in half and to each his own. Which one can you cover? You can't cover the whole thing. The young guys make that almost like it's two inches on both sides. So it's really like 21 inches. It's impossible to do that. And that for me is the moment. George Springer's not there. You're trying to do too much. Take a step back. You are really good hitters, but you can't cover the whole thing. And now you're starting to see a little bit of that, too, with everybody knows that they've got 49 homers on first pitches. If I'm a pitcher and I know that, why wouldn't I just flip something in there that's not right down the middle? Yeah. Let them get themselves out. Well, it'll be. That's what they're doing now. it, it It will be interesting to see how this scuffling lineup does against Lance Lynn tonight. Got three haters. Whether you're lefty or righty, you're going to get the four-seamer, the cutter, and the sinker. And you're going to get a bunch of them. He's going to come right after you. You can't you can't hit all three of them because they're moving in different directions. Well, you got to pick a direction. And, and if he throws you the other direction, you tip your hat to him and you live to fight another day. So that, but that's your approach against him. You you're, to, you're looking for one, one of those fastballs. For me, for Bo, it's right down the middle. I'm going to look right down the middle till I get two strikes. Vladdy, it's middle away and mm-hmm. a little elevated. It's not in. You see him in, he's chasing that because he's trying to do too much. It's not that. At the big league level, that separates you from everybody else, the Barkers of the world that would chase things that he shouldn't chase and get himself out. Good hitters, almost borderline great hitters, don't consistently do that. Sometimes they're going to do it, but great ones make that adjustment and say, how dare you? I will not let you do that. And 40 games, it's right in front of you. It's up to you. Well, we started the show with me asking the question, where did the magic go? And uh, 7.07 tonight, we will see whether or not the Toronto Blue Jays have any magic against Lance Lynn and the Chicago White Sox. It'll be Lance Lynn, Alec Manoa, Ben Wagner with the call. We'll be back tomorrow, 5 to 7. 
This is Baseball Central.